How are you feeling, sir? Obituary. Oh, that's how you feeling. Yeah. You know how I give it up. Indeed. If it's up, then it's stuck. Yes. Anyways, we're here today <laughs> with another wonderful episode of Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Yeah, I'm go. so excited. <laughs> you just can't fucking hide it. Wow. Jizzy Pants. Ooh. I am Jizzy Pants because we got the second place. This is Lil MC. This is Unlearned World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. Ratchet and Woke. Ratchet and Woke. Ratchet and Woke. You know the motherfucking vibes, Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Ratchet and Woke Podcast, and email us questions, comments, topics, Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world. We lit. Little MC. You like, did I do that good ad lib though? What was that, an ad lib? Yeah, it was a Travis Scott one. It's lit. It's lit. Okay. You need to add that to the soundboard, maybe. Oh, uh, well, well, mind if well. I do. What's up, everybody? We here, we lit. I'm really awake. I'm, I'm going to give him some of my energy. We just did hip-hop trivia at 7th West. Shout out Black Achilles for hosting that. Yes. We, as in mostly unlearn with the help <laughs> of me for like two answers, <laughs> took second place. Took second place. First time there. Shout out to the winners who are like the resident champions or yeah, some shit. Who no, like racked up like hella crazy. points. Yeah, but we're going to come yeah. back. So we're in, if anyone wants to we just join needed, us. We needed somebody who was like native to Oakland. To yeah, To like East shout out Oakland. all the mixtapes and all the like oh the my cultural God. shit that I would have had no idea about. Yeah, I didn't know him either. <laughs> yeah. I knew the Mac Dre song, but I was kind of like, yeah, I was kind of shocked. They threw up like a random mixtape and everybody was like, people Ooh. didn't know that song. So, yeah. They suck. <laughs> no, it was very, it was very obscure hip hop knowledge. So, yeah, I mean, they played, so they did like a name that tune round and then they played like hella underground LA shit, hella underground. Like Chicago or Detroit shit, like just like random, yeah, random stuff. But um, you, you wanted the underground New York stuff, and they weren't. Really... No, I mean it was cool. I mean they did play New York shit. Yeah, they, they played did. like fucking Little Vicious. Like that's yeah. a reggae artist from like the nineties that I haven't heard in like since I was like in junior high school. And you were getting nostalgia like a motherfucker. You were I know because I remember when I was hearing this. When I was I was like, yo, I heard you were playing. Last time I the heard this record, I was like in a fucking middle house school party. Dance. Exactly. Doing reckless shit, savage <laughs> things. <laughs> like, uh, okay, but anyways, right. uh, here we are. We we here. You have some um, topics. Yes. Uh, first of all, I just want to take a moment. We're gonna pay homage to an artist that was unfortunately taken too young, named Boog the Bandit. This is an artist from, I believe, the Detroit area. But um, I just want to go ahead and put that out there for the listeners. Go check. Her music out. She was really, really dope, and just you know, recognize another fallen young rapper. I think she was like, I don't know, in her twenties. So, okay, just want to start that out with that, and then staying on music on a more positive note is we didn't talk about J Cole's new album at all last time. We just rambled on about random shit. So I wanted to to okay talk let's, about let's, it a little let's bit. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Not excited about it? Do a review. <laughs> oh, fuck, man. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, we, we are a hip-hop podcast, so shit, we should talk about it. Yeah, it was really, I fucking love this album so much. I love that he, like, had other producers on it. I love that it's, like, lyrical miracle, but also melodic, but 
also like you know he he t- does like some storytelling on it um and he doesn't have like that many features i think he has like three three features so it's like very i don't know it felt like it felt like my favorite album of jay cole since like the past you know yeah i think it was albums. i think it was over overall it was curated well i think he the the beats that he got from other producers m- matched everything that he was doing the entire vibe of the album the rollout was dope um, you know, I, I, I really like the energy behind this project more so than any J. Cole album in recent memory, with the exception of Forest Hill Dr- Hills Drive, I think. I think for that project, the music drove the entire project to, to be a success, whereas this one, it was the rollout, and then when you heard it, you were like, okay, this is well, what and I've been I didn't know he was for. playing basketball in Rwanda. And yeah, that was stuff. part of the rollout that he was, yeah, he was yeah. on the Rwandan basketball team for a whole season. Um, but their seasons are only like eight games or some shit. I, I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but, but I mean, still, and like, he—it's called off season, and like it's a burning hoop for his album cover art. And I mean, I thought it was cool. I didn't know he was like play ball like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I also liked that there was like this little tiny snippet of a YouTube video talking about how he got the Amari beat from Timbaland. Um, Timbaland was playing it. What was he like on like a TikTok or something? Like leaked a little bit of a beat. Oh, that's and cool. and J Cole like hit him up and was like, "I need that." Yeah, and he Come was like, "I didn't even easy. save it. He didn't even save the beat." So Timbaland had to like recreate it based on something that he had posted online. That's a really interesting story. I like yeah, story. I mean, I was kind of hoping that they were gonna because it, it was a YouTube video saying that they were gonna like talk about like Timbaland making the beat and they didn't show that shit at all. So I was like, oh man, like yeah. I would have liked to see like Timbaland has been. a bunch of beat making videos in which he makes none of the beats. <laughs> like oh for real? The, like that... I mean, what the master class? He doesn't really. Oh, ma- he's producing, but he he's does. not making. He does. He's like adding, but then like he has the he has like Sven and the the the. the the, uh, the Scandinavian other. white boys in yeah, the corner no, for sure. who look at him admirably while they add all the fucking sauce That's true. to the whole shit. Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, they're, they're like sound engineering shit, but Timbaland like does drums and he like flips some samples. and like. I mean, but it also, it also speaks like as a sidebar conversation, it also speaks to the difference between being a producer and being a beat maker. Yes. Right? So like while we're talking about new releases, Khaled's DJ Khaled's album dropped a week before. Oh yeah, that's a good and point. And to this too. day, like there's a conversation that that exists about exactly what Khaled does and why it's I would so like to know what does he do? Culture, right. And I had this shout out to Rizzo because I had this whole conversation with Rizzo about it. So Khaled was an actual DJ. Just so we're clear, he made beats he DJed and scratched and did all of that. He was a really popular DJ who had a mix show on the radio in Miami. And then he signed with Terror Squad, which is Fat Joe's yes. imprint. And it kind of gave him more visibility, at least in the East Coast. In did York. he make Lean Back? No. But he that was one of the records that like was the era that he was prominent, Fat Joe was prominent, and all of that. And... Because of that relationship, he became well-known in New York. He became well-known all across the Eastern Seaboard. And then as the South was rising, and he's from Miami, he started curating different artists for his mixtapes because mixtapes were still around and they were still a thing. And then he actually got a record deal and then he put out compilation albums. And that was his opportunity to step away from DJing and step away from beat making and just curate an album, right, as a tastemaker. 
Yeah. Right? So like he picks the producer, he picks the artist to put on be put on the record. Yeah, together. I mean, I get right? what like, he does. He puts a bunch of people in the room together and says, "Make a hit," but his songs aren't that good for me to be like, "You're that talented." Like I didn't like I mean, any but, of those songs on that project, but the fucking first one. Right. No. There's so there's that preference, but I think again, I think preference comes down to artist and what you like versus what is popular. It's all or just the Justin case Bieber is. songs you know what I'm and like Chris and that, Brown. And, that, and that's not to say that there aren't records on there that he probably had nothing to do with that the artist probably just gave him. Like the, the Drake records, I'm sure Drake just gave him. Right. Like he didn't curate shit on a Drake record. I think uh, that, you mean he just gave it to Drake? Yeah, like no, no, Drake gave him the records for the album. Is oh, what I'm assuming. and then he just said, yeah, he just, yeah, exactly. He just slapped his name on it. But I think there's still... I bring this up just to say that I think there is still value in what he does. And that's part of the reason he's as popular as he is. Like, And, and this can segue into a bigger conversation that I think you or me are having um, <clears throat> about the music industry and artists wanting to get on on their own merit. I think it's kind of a thing for us as artists to be like in our ego and in our like thing that every ounce of success we want to get in the in this game has to come on the fact that we're talented. And then the mm. more you become part of this industry and the more you try to gain opportunity and access, you realize that it has nothing to do with your talent. Oh and my god, it's the I most was frustrating just, yeah. thing ever. I was just having this conversation <laughs> with someone today. It's like Everyone wants to It was believe. me. <laughs> no, uh, okay. I, I was having this conversation with someone that I'm working with for marketing that I okay, was talking yeah. to you about this before. But yeah, um, yeah it was. Uh, we also had a conversation later based on that information that I received from him, which is basically is like all these artists think that people are just going to discover them because they're really fucking dope. The thing is, people probably aren't even going to pay attention to you unless the numbers are there in the first place. They're not going to take you seriously if there's not a certain number of followings it's just like your your following is basically your resume. So if it's not there, then it doesn't matter how fucking dope you are. People aren't even going to give you a chance because they look at you differently. There has to be some level of FOMO around your brand as an artist. That's a good way to put you it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there has to be like, yo, like what am I missing? Missing out? No, you know that's what I'm exactly you have to what it is. A, you have to create a persona or an air energy about yourself that you are somebody to pay attention to. And it's one thing to be like, <clears throat> okay, this person has like 50K. That's cool because you're still under underground enough where it's like I discovered you and I can put other people onto you, but there's enough of a buzz about you where it's cool for me to know you. You yeah. know, like you're not so big. You're not like a superstar, pop star, Cardi B level. You're like some underground person. You know, like some of the music that, that was in the trivia today that was like, yeah, you yeah. know, we didn't know those artists very well. We've heard of them. They don't have probably a huge ass following, probably less than 100K. Someone discovers that they're like, oh, dope. I found some new up on the rise star. I'm going to know them before anyone else does. That gives people. Or even incentive. if they never become stars, they just like to have that yeah. underground shit. Right. There's totally. a lot of people who really relish in that. Yes. There's artists who have made their entire career based on that kind of. It's social psychology, too. Right. It's like people people don't want to fuck with you if you're so if, if you're so have such a low following. And then some people might want to not want to fuck with you when you have too much of a following. But I also think it's content driven, right? Like you go to the, you, you speak to marketing reps, you speak to A&Rs, you speak to music industry executives. And the first thing they will tell you before they tell you all the other shit is you have to make good music. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, it, for you, sure. So we can make we can have opinions about like the shit that a Khaled does or whatever and say it's not like the greatest shit ever and it is Yeah, isn't. you're you're right. But with that said, the artists that he has there 
are making great music. Yes. The content of it, the way it's produced, the way it's mixed, it's mastered is quality more well, that, so than that's anything the thing else. too is like even like, like let's put talent aside or preference aside at this point if you want anything you have to at least get your shit industry standard mixed mastered industry standard like you know you need to have like cleans and explicits and like cover art that's yeah. dope and like all this shit you need to do industry fucking standard and hopefully the content is dope as well and then also hopefully you have some sort of a following it's like all these fucking things have to synthesize in order for someone to like and they all have to align just right to give you the right kind of momentum and then within that momentum things have to align just right to propel you into another position in your career so it's a it's time and preparation meeting opportunity time and again and you having to be able to wield that. You have to aside from the 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 internet algorithms, you literally have to align the life. But there in there is a fucking crazy ass internet algorithm, but we're not going to go into that. But um, I don't yeah, want spend... I, 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 yeah, but I, I we, we talk about the algorithm all the, time. all the time. I'm talking about the life algorithm, right? Having dope music, preparation meeting, opportunity, getting a look and taking advantage of that look with your talent and being able to do it and that having way. the money to fund and then having the money that right that's that's a life algorithm aside from just catching a lick on spotify which even then that doesn't do shit for you doesn't really do shit for you you know what i'm saying like i know i know people with millions of views who still live with roommates it doesn't change the game for you no not at all it's something that you can then leverage for For something else yeah you know what i'm saying whatever that is that you're trying to do so you know it every artist is different and everything is is you know, but with that said, I just want to gripe really quick about like people tagging you in their music <laughs> posts. Like, I, I love you all, and I've, I've, do you though? I, and I do. No, not see. I, I think people get me fucked up, and they act like I'm, I'm, I'm somehow. I don't. I support everybody, right? Do Anytime you I, I, I'm just fucking with you. Don't get no, nah, no, nah, but because this, this is real shit. Because you brought it to my attention, and I see that. There's an air about it that as as if I, I don't care about people. And anytime I come to people, I come to people with checks. I make sure that they get paid. I make sure that they get opportunity. I make sure that people are doing what they love to do in a spot where they could do it at better and bigger. And I give people suggestions and I give people free beats and I give people free studio session and free advice and a whole bunch of shit, right? And they still don't take advantage of it. And they still want to tag me in their music after I just told you what your business plan should be. Right. Mm. Like that's that to me is just lazy. So I put it out there for the rest of the world to know if you know me on Facebook or you know me, on, do not tag me in your shit. It's lazy and it's rude and it's annoying. Wait, what do you mean by that? Like people posting their YouTube music video or any piece of content and then tagging you in the comments so that you can watch their content. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. At yeah, this yeah. juncture in the game, knowing everything we know about the industry, knowing everything we know about DIY shit, you should not be tagging people to get your music heard. Yeah. Period. Like it just, if you have your friends' information, put them on a fucking newsletter. Put them on a contact list. Put them on something. Don't tag people in your shit. It's just fucking rude and it's annoying. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if it's rude. I just think it's I think annoying. it is. I think it's I think it's extremely lazy. Knowing everything, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's extremely lazy. I I, I don't necessarily see any success in that. People, I literally untag myself in a lot of shit because it's just like, I don't want this on my timeline. I don't want to be associated with yeah, this Yeah, no, at all. I, I'll, I'll do that and too. Plus, just, further, and this is going to segue into my other crazy conversation, right? When p- other people see other names, it gives them 
the feeling or it empowers them to maybe contact some of the people that you put on. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like doing a newsletter where you're CCing everybody and yeah. everyone can see all the emails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I just happen to see an email of some artist that I like or admire or want to collab with. How do you CC someone without everyone seeing it? BC? You, you email yourself and then you BCC everybody you're supposed to be sending it to. Oh. Yeah. I didn't know CC stood for carbon copy for until like a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what BC stands for before carbon copy. <laughs> before COVID. Yes. yes. The for reals though. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like that I mean, I just think that that's I I think that you're 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 being lazy in terms of gaining visibility for your content, number one. And then I think for the people who you are tagging, there's too many weirdos out here <laughs> who are going to try to contact other people, right? You know what I'm saying? And then that's the great segue into like the other bullshit that just, I think, and I'm not even going to talk about my own personal shit and like the shit that has happened in the last Air week. out the laundry! But, <laughs> but suffice it. it to say, now that things are starting to open up and we're starting to renew, people resume normal behavior, you can clearly see who's been working on their mental health and who hasn't. Over the last people don't know what to do months. with their hands. <laughs> they don't know what to do with their mouths. They really don't know what to do with their hands. They're, they're like <laughs> taking their mask off and their faces all like, <laughs> like it's, because it's no insane. one's had to worry about their mouth for so long. Yeah, it's been but covered. you have to worry about what's coming out of your mouth and now that's being perceived. <laughs> that's and true. The shit, that part. The shit storm that people are it's just, you know, I mean, it's been my observation that there are a lot of people out there who didn't use this time to really check on their mental health and do the things that they probably should have done even prior to COVID. And I think COVID exacerbated it. And now that things are open and people are having to be social again, you can really see who's having a hard time with it and who's not, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's it's an interesting observation. I don't really have a judgment call or any conclusion to this. It's just a very interesting observation for me. Well, and then there's the other mental health. So I'm, I haven't fucking watched The Daily Show in a minute, and this uh-huh. one I watched yesterday was mind-blowing and boggling and mind-bottling. Mind-bottling. Yes, yes when your mind is in a bottle, you know? Yes. So they were saying how there's this thing called Zoom dysmorphia that's sweeping the nation, or sweeping Zoom body dysmorphia, which I find hilarious. It's basically people are staring at their faces on Zoom all day and are really dissatisfied with their face, and specifically how Zoom makes their facial appearances look because apparently like it makes your nose a little wider or some shit i however think i look way better i on look zoom. great on zoom yeah, yeah i like the I way i look on zoom i was like i don't ever want to ring life forget about it yeah man. i look hideous in person i'm like them zoom me all day like what's <laughs> up i'm wearing makeup i don't do shit like i, I just i roll out of fucking bed and i I'm just like, show up i woke up? up like this i don't gotta wear pants like i got <laughs> zoom the opposite of dysmorphia yeah. like amorphia i don't know what the fucking opposite would be but it's just people are legit, like, really depressed about that. And then additionally, like, we already knew this was going to happen, though. The kids are so fucking depressed about how they look. They hate the way they look because of all these motherfucking filters on mm. Snapchat and Instagram. And they are, like, going to get plastic surgery on their face from the ages of 13. I don't have the statistics, but they were, like, fucking terrifying the t- statistics of how many young kids under 18 are going to get plastic surgery Based upon the fact that they don't look like the the filters in Snapchat. Like, why don't my eyes look like MAGA characters? Because you're a human. <laughs> why don't I look like a cat? <laughs> yeah. Why don't I love the dog nose? Yeah. And then it's like, also, I don't, I mean, I get, I, I don't know what it's like to not grow up 
Well, I don't know what it's like to grow up with Snapchat. I thank God every day that I didn't have to go Seriously. to high school with that shit because people Seriously. would be Snapchatting my underwear showing or like a fart or like anything. And that <laughs> any shit goes Any embarrassing viral. moment. Yeah. yeah any like, embarrassing moment for the sake of content, content creation yes, and attention. For cloud or whatever, like getting exactly. likes or views. So I don't know what that world is like except for what I've seen recently in documentaries and shit like this, news articles. But like the fact that it's making you this depressed that the parents are agreeing to get their children plastic surgery yeah, when their I don't bodies know what aren't even fully formed. For that, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that should be illegal to do that yeah, shit. I don't I don't know the, the the thinking behind the parent who approves or signs off on that. Like, like your I, face is still growing. Like I understand that you want to protect your child. I, I I can completely relate to that. I can completely relate and sympathize with you wanting your child to have a good self-image at a very early age. But with that said, it's exactly what you just stated, right? They're growing into their features. So you're now impeding the growth of their features by augmenting their the way they look at this early of an age. Dude, it's, it's nuts. An, it's just stupid. It's like really, it's absurd. But I guess other young child stars have done it before. And But I just feel like but, you can't really hold the kids accountable it's the parents that are held accountable. Like 100%. I know, think, you know, I think I think we're 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 judging or we're reacting to the symptom of the larger illness. Yes. The larger illness is how much time children are yes. spending on social media and the parental yes. control yes. or lack thereof. Because of it, the right? parents don't have time to do shit in this fucking hamster wheeled world that we 100%. live in so the, the, so the phone the is like TV a babysitter and the phone becomes the babysitter and i will say the tv was not as bad of a babysitter as the phone is by far 100 percent. by it's, far it's, it's, a, it's a different it's a different animal people think that you're so connected because of the internet but we are more disconnected than ever like yeah it's really and it, while we're talking about this there was a i, oh, I was yeah, watching on youtube that. um about what they called the garden now the garden is some hippie commune in like Tennessee of some sort uh-huh. that took it upon themselves to create a TikTok account in order to recruit more people into this hippie utopia that they've created, right? That's kind of like an off the grid lifestyle of communal work. We grow our own food. We make our own clothes. This is a safe space for everybody involved. Just kind of egalitarian, you know, living. But they are using TikTok as a means of recruiting people. And people have not only gone there from having been aware of it on TikTok. But there are also people who are complete detractors to this entire thing and are calling it a cult. Mm. They're saying that these people are nuts, that they're racist, that they're like all these things. So you have people on TikTok literally creating whole ass accounts to catalog the outrageous shit that goes on in this cult or this in this inv- this uh community and then call them out on it. Like and also I was watching this on Vice and it was just like really interesting because on, on the one side, right, you have, and I'm all for these kinds of uh, communities. I don't know if I'm prepared yet for myself to join one of them, but I ultimately, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm going to be 100% because. You are not ready to join one. You don't even I, like going to my parents' house. That's what I literally just said. I know, it's, right? I'm laughing because <laughs> but it's I, like, I obviously. Just, right, that's my, so my point is that <laughs> I even lost my fucking point, like, <laughs> but I. I, my, my point was, I was trying to say that I, I support and understand the idea of wanting to withdraw from this kind of society 
and trying to create a parallel society in which things are a little bit more egalitarian, things are a little bit more collectivist. I completely understand that. But it's interesting that they are being attacked by people who are so beholden to the system of control that we're in, right? That they're willing to demonize these people and attack them and try to cancel them using social media. And on the flip side of that, it's really interesting that this same group of people who want to withdraw from the system are trying to use TikTok to gain control. So it's just a very ironic scenario of one side, you know, who could be viewed as the status quo, who could be viewed as the people who are conformist attacking the nonconformist, but the, the nonconformists are still using the same tactics as the conformist to try to bring people into the yeah, fold. They're, they're not so it was a really weird, interesting dynamic. Yeah. You know all, what I'm saying? Anyways. Yeah, totally. And then one of, but I bring all this up because one of the people who is one of their detractors, who's very popular on TikTok now said, Hey, I know they're not a cult, but I call them a cult because using the word gives me more followers. Oh my God. So they're completely reinforcing the stereotypes to get more followers. And the connotation for the sake of an audience. Yeah, no. Right? And then the audience is crazy because, like, these are people who hate it and then are threatening to kill people who are part of the community, who are threatening to come to the community and. And, and and burn the the place down like you know what I mean there's, controversial <laughs> shit is the most yeah, popular it's of so all. interesting it like just, who do you think is one of the most hated people in, okay um fuck, I can't remember the dude's name so I'm not even gonna try to remember but like those people that are the most controversial the most hated are the ones that have hell of people that follow them so it's like if you're just gonna sit yeah. there and be hella basic like no one's gonna give a fuck about what you're doing they yeah, want to see a think, scandal yeah I think you know I think it's it's uh who said it the other day? Perfect is not relatable. Uh, I think it was Daylight. It was one of her Facebook posts that perfect isn't relatable. So, oh, yeah, yeah. She was so saying people, like. Yeah. So people you, people want, con- they want controversy and people are often contrarian for con- for the sake of being contrarian. Yeah. People are, they, they want to be anti for the sake of being anti. I know. Anti. It's so, and I see it on my Facebook post when it's like something yeah. that's like, there's nothing you could do to be adversarial about this post it's not right combative in any way and you're gonna like so like i had posted like the, the thing about um how many people do you think i'm comfortable with huxtable you know <laughs> and then some guy was like really of all the rapper lines you're gonna you're gonna choose this one and i was like yeah i am Get the fuck off my fucking <laughs> post like you really gonna exactly. fucking try and fight with me over this like you should have done rapper and slapper like, like exactly like you up. know you have your own page where you could do any of this shit right. that you want right like, like what, what is this so how is this upsetting you or offending you please and yeah, like it's, it's, it's absurd <laughs> it's um absurd. well we, we don't have that much time to get into yeah, too no, much shit yeah get but, more just go down the list okay <laughs> well we were watching that other documentary on this called the great american crime which is super interesting it seems like a million years ago we watched it last friday and it was about the opium epidemic right? yeah, yeah the opioid yeah. opioid epidemic opioid, yes um, and this pharmaceutical company that, you know, just fucking, you know, old white people trying to fuck <laughs> up the world shit. Like, they knew that they were doing was fucked up. Basically, like, put, basically had in their disclaimer, like, because, um, fuck, OxyContin yeah. releases the opioid drug, the narcotic, slowly, it's non-habit forming, which was not supported by any evidence at all. And it's actually like a very highly addictive drug. It's fucking heroin, you know? And they, and they were trying to hire a team of of people to sell 
to hospitals and to doctors and they were just using like all of their fucking crazy selling tactics and saying whatever you need to do sell 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 because what they wanted was they needed people to prescribe this drug for more than just people that were cancer patients dying this is that then that's really the only suitable time to prescribe oxycontin it's basically like morphine right so the takeaway was from it is a couple of things when i was watching is one they're creating the drugs and then after the fact they're creating the market for it yes so they're not trying to fulfill a need or to satisfy an issue but that's what they're saying they're saying (laughs) we're trying to alleviate pain from 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 patients that are suffering and that was their whole like fucking spiel like we're here because people are suffering and we want to alleviate their pain. But they were giving it to people that were suffering from like, not that like, like broken bones and like things that were hangnails and like really crazy, really easy shit that you could just tolerable things. Right. And like the one um, anecdote that really fucking pissed me off is there was this old woman that got in a car accident and she, you know, was fucked up. Um, This fucking devil man, he, she, he, he prescribed her with oxycontin to the point where she was legit like falling asleep in trash cans and like oh, hella yeah, fucked yeah, up yeah, like yeah, drooling yeah, yeah, all yeah, over yeah, the place yeah, and like not remembering what she was doing and like she'd wake up the next day and not remember and her husband took all these photos of her she's like some basic ass old white lady you know like 50 right. or some shit and then her husband was like this is fucked up like we're getting you clean off this you're addicted so she went to like rehab and shit and got clean off it the doctor found out and was pissed and was like, "You, this is my patient. You can't tell my patient, like, you can't tell her how to be treated. Like, I tell her how to be treated and put her back on the Oxycontin that she just went to, like, rehab to get cleaned up off wow. of and got her addicted again. She ends up dying. I don't remember how she died. Do you oh remember? No, but it's just remember. like... It's insane, though. It's... Someone that's recovered from, like, alcoholism, like, the, if someone, if my doctor was like, no... You're you, clean from this? Drink back, more. Yeah, we're, I'd be we're like, going back. Just like, fucked up, and that shit's way more addictive. And they're incentivized, right? That, that was the whole thing, that the doctors are incentivized. There are people who are selling drugs to the doctors, and they're creating a cult mentality among the salespeople yes. to incentivize them to sell these drugs. And then they Doing went into- Doing all these conventions and Yeah, shit, exactly, like, with elaborate, like, cars and movies. Like, Genentech and conventions, of, you know, that they so, do, like- And fuck. then they go into the history of it, and, like, how companies like Johnson & Johnson and all these older companies were basically involved in the drug trade hella early on in order for them to make the fortunes that then became the companies that they became which made me then think like oh this entire country is based on rich white people running scams Mm -hmm. and then after the fact after they've made their money after they have political power and influence and own the system creating laws to prevent people from doing the same thing that their families got rich off of but the thing is (laughs) that they got sued and went to court because, like, all these fucking kids in this coal mining, like, city in, like, Virginia or some yeah. shit, like, everyone there was fucking prescribed this. And all the kids were ODing on it because they were just stealing it from their parents. So they, like, you know, this this one doctor was gathering hella evidence and found that all the shit they're doing was fucked up and illegal. Took them to court, made them pay, like, I don't know, how much how much was their lawsuit that they ended up having to pay? They didn't go to jail for anything. It was like six billion dollars or something. Yeah, it was. It, it was, was like it was like yeah. nothing based on all the money that they had made. That yeah, entire it was, it was year. a drop in the bucket in terms of the money that yeah. they accrued from. And so it was basically yeah. like a slap on the wrist, and nothing really ever came of it. And it was just like, and even just the way that they like mass produced it was so crazy because to get 
oh the opium it's like you have this poppy and you slit the poppy and the sap comes off and then the next day you go by and you like scrape the sap off the poppy so it's like a really arduous process yeah but like what they were doing is they were just like bull like, like going by and like with with you I know, mean, they machines. had tractors. They industrialized the entire process. But they're just it. chopping the whole shit down, like the poppy, the stem, and like everything, mm-hmm. and like so it wasn't even like the pure opium sap, you know, whatever yeah. that means to you. To me, it's like the difference between doing pure uncut cocaine compared to the bullshit that is cut with fentanyl and meth out right, here. Right, you know, right. it's like I've I, I've done that, and it's like way different. You know, it's like. Staying up all night versus going to sleep an hour later. Like, <laughs> I mean, and now it's the difference between life and death, right? Like, that, I mean, you know yeah, what I'm saying? That, so that too. So that. So, yeah, it's a very interesting documentary. I want to see the rest of it because that it's... Oh, there's it's another so, part to it. Yeah, yeah it's a yeah, two-part documentary. Yeah. There's a lot of really interesting documentaries coming out recently. Like, shout out HBO Max for really? fucking keeping shit lit during... COVID. Even though the theaters are open, so I'm trying to... I know people are going to movie theaters, and now I want to go to movie theater. You went in New York. I did. I did. I want to keep going to movie theaters. I like movie theaters. I don't really. But I want to go just because I haven't been. (laughs) Exactly. Because I like to be, like, naked and, like, not eat gross-ass popcorn. And, like, I want to yell, you know? And everyone's like, shut up! And I'm like, you shut up! And then I get in fights. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get kicked out. Let's name them real quick before we end. How many things have I been kicked out of? Name, I, name them and I'll tell you if I have or not. You've been kicked sporting events, yes. Which sporting events? A lot of them. That's <laughs> okay. what I'm saying. Like you've been kicked. I'm generalizing okay, because yeah. it's it's all under the yeah, umbrella, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, bars, absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, planes, yes. Uh, <laughs> trains, no. Oh, bar, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, not the bar, the the train that goes to. San so where Francisco. can you go? Like, I got kicked out of Great America. I haven't been kicked out of parks. Raging Waters though. Okay, but you so you've been kicked out yeah, of an amusement, amusement park. park. Yeah. Um, have you been kicked out of a country? No. Okay. Have I? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I've been. Oh, there was another thing I've been kicked out of school. Okay. Yeah. Prom. Uh, I, I'm forbidden from going to any high school football games at the Half Moon Bay High. <laughs> All these kickouts are making a lot of sense for me. <laughs> Restaurants. It's coloring in so much. <laughs> um, oh, God, what else? That's why it's like, to me, when I hear someone's like, I don't feel welcome here or whatever. Like, I go, to, it's like, bitch, I'm not welcome anywhere. And I don't give a fuck. Like, whatever. Give exactly. a fuck if you aren't welcome there. It just adds a little more spice to your life, you know? <laughs> all right are we gonna end this yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> okay oh I, I never, never had, heard I that i never heard that yeah, yeah that's, that's an upgraded <laughs> version of boom all right recording in we, progress <laughs> we in the place we in the spot hey good friend good friend of the show um i don't i, I can speak this man's praises forever speak uh, his praises there's a guy i've known my my entire uh career almost as a hip-hop educator fellow beat maker fellow mc um, you know, all the things, all the things. I, Fellow I, I, orator. Yeah. You know Experts what I'm saying? with words. You know what I'm saying? Wordsman. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Wordsman. <laughs> exactly. It's the one and only the rap nerd, ladies hey. and gentlemen. That's good, y'all. That's good. That's good. It's, it's been a long time coming. We've been we've been wanting you on the pod for a while where we finally got you. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and, and it, you know, it seems you in good graces. You're doing a lot of things. 
So yeah, let's, I'm just let's, like let's, I'm just trying to be cool like you, man. Because you were do some big things. Like like wait a minute, just last week you were like a black thought in them. You know what I'm saying? I was there for the whole conference. Yeah, and I'm proud of you, man. Proud of you, proud Thank you. Um, but for those who are un- who are unaware of what you do and how you give it up, please just kind of speak to your own um, abilities and 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 uh, prowess. Um, Ooh. yeah. So prowess. I'm the rap nerd, Bay Area uh, hardcore nerdcore artist. I've been doing my thing since 2013. I had the wonderful privilege of starting off um, playing bass for Della Fickin' Fickin' Sapien. Then from there, getting into hip-hop education uh, with Buku One. After working with them for a while, then working with, with uh, TFS, me, Today's both from TFS, Marlon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then just doing my own thing on top of that on the side. And just keep touring, keep traveling. And it was around 2018 that I shipped my name because those who know me from beforehand know, know, know me as the real word sound, the long old name. Oh my God, I remember that. That was a horrible yeah, I name. That, I remember that era. The real word that was, that was an era. That was an era. So yeah. after that whole era, like I started focusing more on my mental health. Started Because things were changing for me really fast. Sat down, got real with myself for a good two whole years. Mm. Oh God, it was it was rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the existential after, cri- you know, crisis and the rebrand. Yeah, the crisis <laughs> and the rebrand. Like it was like yeah, what? It's a lot. Really? It's a lot to go through. Totally, and we gonna, we gonna, but, we gonna get into it. But what? Yeah, cool. yeah, but, yeah, but after, all, after all that all that rebranding, just finally coming to place of, of, of you know good self love, good self awareness, and then just taking off like. My latest album, Raw Cookie Dough, has been like a underground cult classic already. Been like right. people been hitting me up my DMs. Like I was I was on Clubhouse a few a few weeks ago, and I was in a room, and a moderator was like, "Yo, Rapner, I know you." I was like, "What?" He's like, "Raw Cookie Dough, that album, I oh, love it." I was I like, that. "Oh, thank Wait, you." Who, who <laughs> like, you up on Clubhouse? Did you say Mario? Uh, not Mario. It was uh, I was another uh, a moderator. Uh, in a room that I was in, I can't say what, I can't say what room I was in. <laughs> but a room I was I know, in, it's either exclusive or freaky. I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. It was exclusive, exclusive, but, exclusive. But it's good to be known in certain circles, <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> You know I mean? It was exclusive. Only exclusive. Only exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, so, and, and ever since then, just been like, this year's been a really good year. A lot of features I've been working on, um, placements I've been doing behind closed doors, and just Ooh. growing and having fun as an artist, man. Like, I can't complain. Have a good yeah. time. Good, good. Okay, yeah. question for you. What, what uh, triggered you to want to rebrand the name? Is it because you just wanted to rebrand in general, or do you was your name too long? And you felt like the rap nerd better encompassed who you were? Um, I got tired of being called World Sound. Uh, <laughs> every time I do a show. Oh, yeah, and the plus, yeah. too, like, uh, working with sponsors and trying to get deals, they can never say my name right or go to my website correctly. And so I was with a uh, one of my new sponsors, uh, Chosen One on Peril. He sat me down. We were driving before COVID, <laughs> BC before COVID. Yeah. <laughs> that is the new BC. <laughs> BC oh before God. COVID. Um, we were driving, and he was like, "Bro, he was like, I talked to you. I was like, what? He's like, your name. It's way too long. Can we sum it up? Like, like, what's the real whole name? The real words sound the rap nerd. He's like, just go rap nerd. You're easy. I was like, oh, oh, the real wordsman, the rap nerd. The whole thing was your whole name. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. It was like just chuck 
a heavy lift. So I gotta, I gotta tell you, that's exhausting. <laughs> that's exhausting to say. Yeah, no, yep. I, I think you did good. In, in yeah, yeah. So props to my, you know, let's watch your uh, chosen one apparel. Chopping the name down, bop, rap nerd. I was like, and you was doing a lot of touring before the uh, the pandemic hit. Like you, you toured often, and you would do like the nerd, like nerdcore. Just talk to us about nerdcore yeah. rap, okay? And that whole community, because that's like okay. a whole niche market that no one really ever talks about unless you know like you know what i'm saying it's kind of well that's that's the funny thing about it because nerdcore has always been around it's just that there was a break off because the true the the true creators of nerdcore are from the bay area that's dell the funky homo sapien he's the godfather of nerdcore and we're talking with dell like having just we talked with him about this kind of stuff he told me it was like it was actually common to see a lot of nerds within hip-hop you know, he he broke down Wu Tang. Like, look at Wu Tang. Look at Gene Gray, DJ Green Lantern. Like, it, a lot of rappers got their personas from all the comic books and animation that they watched. That's right. So mm-hmm. it was just like it was natural for them. So for me as an artist, I was like, oh, I don't gotta separate myself from my love of hip hop and being a nerd. It's just all inclusive. So that's what nerdcore truly is. But now it's like, oh, you only talk about nerdy stuff, but yet. There's a sad differentiation, there's a sad like uh, divide between that culture because mm-hmm. it is. I'll go ahead and say it, it's deeply rooted in yeah. uh, in, 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 in segregation because a lot of those who t- took off a nerd core were not black. Yeah, because they Actually, that, that's yeah. a great segue into this deep dive. Because <laughs> I, I knew where you was going with it. I feel the assist. I gotta slam dunk it so just we can label the elephant in the room. So. Yeah, I want you to talk about your experience, right? In 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 these two worlds that are seemingly mutually exclusive, right? Like we from from the outside looking in, we think of the world of hip hop and the world of mm-hmm. nerd stuff, comic books, anime, all these other things as kind of separate and Kung apart in terms of community, nerd-core? martial arts okay. as well, right? Like we 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 consider them separate communities cool. often, right? And you are an individual who because of your music, because of your affinity for these things, has often been perhaps marginalized from the general hip hop community. At the same time, the community that you do embrace and that embraces you in return is rife with a lot of its own segregation and limits the 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 amplification of black voices in that space. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your struggle in trying to dive between these royals, sir. I get it. Okay. It's well, like- the podcast is over. Good job, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> No, like it, it. So for me, navigating what I had to realize was first and foremost that hip hop was a gift from the black community to the world, and okay. it also was made up from the world realizing what was about to be created and knowing the roots from the LGBTQ community, knowing the roots from you know uh, from from all of our um, uh, Haitian, Puerto Rican, and Dominican brothers out in the East Coast. It's like so everyone get behind it, so it was always inclusive to everybody. And that's where the nerdcore niche came from. Was that you can not you can also talk about you know the streets, but also too on some abstract stuff. You don't gotta be so real with it. You can be so real. That's why like um was it like I was when, uh, when I was touring with Dell, they uh, uh they referred to Dell as the uh, savant of nerdcore, like the, the forefather savant, the creative person. And after st- just going way back and studying a lot of his old records, then going back and re-listening to all of Wu Ting again, all of you know, you know, De La Soul, you know, the Roots. I began to realize that wait a minute, like it's a merger of both being a nerd and a lover of music. 
You know, yeah. so I don't have to like break away from who I am want to talk about. So when I came into the scene, you know, I was first like super hardcore nerd, like yeah, like yeah. I know, like, like you, you, you were literally like rocking shows with the Thanos hand. Yeah, oh, like right. you know what I'm saying. Like, I saw the glove actually, right here. Got a t- I have you, the glove right there. It used to be your right merch, there, like. but it used to be your merch, and I'm still mad at you because you ain't get me one of those shirts. That shit was. He had the Thanos hand with the microphone. Oh, yeah. Face, like, fam. I did a limited run of those. To, I, I might have to put some money up. We might have to hit the streets. Yeah, those. Like, that's so hard. Those are, they're coming back out. They're coming back out. Good, I promise good. you that. One of the highlights, uh, side note, highlight, I got a chance to tour with uh, Charlie Muscle and Tech 9 okay. And uh, the CEO of Strange Music saw my merch and he bought my shirt. Hey, Hell yeah! That's, he two of them. I was like, yeah. really good with strange music. I feel yeah. like I was like, but anyways, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Continue. But I was saying like, um, so I begin to realize that like I have room to kind of like be myself and be me, and I never forget like when I was doing like you know a lot of, a lot of shows back you know you know BC, and I would be kind of the only like, like nerdcore artist and a whole hip hop bill. I would always get put like in the very front, mm-hmm. and. I was like, okay, bet you're gonna regret it, cause then shoot, I come through. Yo, he go even, crazy. Even I though I want some nerdy stuff, I've seen it. The whole place is like, yo, who is this guy? He's like, like, what? And then no one else can follow up, and he like, yeah. fuck up the folks whole be club. mad. They're like, yo, who's this nerdy cat over here talking about Dragon Ball Z going hard in the paint with bars? Like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> like what is he doing right now? He did a show down. He did a show. He took his shirt off. She was wild. Like, son, it was <laughs> wild. Was like, son, it was crazy. He was rocking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was. I, I remember. It was real. Was it nerdy? Yeah. Oh, that's man. What I'm it was like, real. Nerdy. We were going in. We were going in. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, like, I remember. And, and, and so, what was crazy is that, like, I never forget, like, uh, I did a show in San Jose. And this is where the term hardcore nerdcore came from because I was uh, touring before the Philharmonic blew up to what he is now. He's yes, taught me a yes, lot. You're good friends so, with we, so, we toured together yes. and we went down to San Jose. And this venue we opened up for Mega Ran. And Mega Ran's another well known hardcore nerd car artist. Yeah. yeah. And so we're on stage, right, doing our whole set. And it's kind of a mixture between, like, you know, um, some political stuff, some nerdy stuff, because nerd and, and, and politics and social awareness, mental health, all, all of that in ties hand. in, for sure. Go hand in hand. So we're talking about some stuff in a record. The audience is loving it, right? We finish our set. I get pulled to the back, and. The owner's like, what the fuck? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, who are you? I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'll name, you know, like, you know what I mean? And, and so I then get hit up being told that um, from the owner that I can't come back to the venue ever again. And I was like, why not? And come to find out the record that we did was called Good People off of Farmer's first album, which is addressing early on a lot about how police we're trying to use religion to, to justify their behavior for killing, you know, young black boys. Saying like, well, well, I'm a Christian too, and I serve the Lord, but I'm a police officer. And I good all that, but yet you're still killing black folks innocently with no, 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 yeah, no disregard. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so the song was kind of questioning like the issue of morality and one's choices within, the, you know, within society. And everyone loved it. The venue hated it. And then I got blacklisted. Wow. Like more of these are like saying, "Yeah, they're like, um, you're too hardcore nerdcore." I'm like, "This because I've never heard that so- happening before." Too yeah. hardcore nerdcore. Like, have you heard of anyone getting banned from uh from a venue from a for venue? their content? 
Nah. For the like, especially wow, that's fucking nah. crazy. Yeah, I got you know, and so that's what made me kind of learn to be a little more, more kind of like DIY and off the off the beaten path. Was that okay? If doors are gonna be shut on me, then I gotta create my own avenue. So yeah. it was crazy that like even though that venue like you know was trying to blacklist me, the cons they all loved me because a lot of the you know I, I made some friends with a lot of the music directors behind the scene and they understood my content. So when like, you say oh, cons, we're referring, we're referring to comic cons, right? We're yeah, 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 yeah. Comic cons, comic cons, conventions, yeah. all convicts? around the country. The cons, all the comics. Well, no, I mean, I, I have to <laughs> clarify for an audience who may I don't not know, know who yeah. right? like, so. well, no, he's right. He's right. No, he's, yeah. it's, it's all so, good. It's all good. Are you saying okay? I, I, this is all new information to me. Um, yeah. Let, let me just make sure I understand. So basically, what you're saying is like in in nerdcore, it's predominantly like white. And so you are kind of isolated in that regard, but also like in the world of hip hop, you feel isolated because your content was more nerdcore rather than streets and, you know, yeah. the, the shit that normally dominates hip hop. Damn. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of a. It was it, it was it was a weird a like cross place. place. Being, yeah, yeah it, it, and, and that's what kind of put me into my a spot where my mentally where mental health was so, so messed up because I'm I'm seeing my OGs being fearlessly themselves you know what i mean they are doing yeah. what they want to do creatively yeah. but here i am coming up being told oh you're not black enough or why are you trying to act white why are you trying to do this i'm like but i'm just an artist i'm just creating yeah, i fucking yeah. hate that I shit yeah. that. It's, like... it's categories you know what i'm saying like it was it, it, it's really interesting i was watching uh just yesterday i was watching a lecture a stanford lecture about behavioral um behavioral psychology as it relates to the biology of human mm -hmm. being right and like all these different factors and what the what the lecturer was explaining is how we project our categories on everything right so even though he's a rapper in the same way that i'm a rapper in the same way that you're a rapper because of his content we categorize him in something completely different than what we do and the world responds in that way. So it's really difficult. And I can imagine very frustrating to oh, be in man. these two worlds, especially considering you love them. Like it's an unrequited love almost. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you love comic books. You love the, the whole world of comic books and video games and anime and, and the community that's built from that. But you often can be excluded from that or opportunities within that. And at the same time, you know, the because you don't fit the, the the authentic mold of a black MC, you're kept out of those loops as well. Boom. So it's totally frustrating. I could see how that could have an effect on mental health. But oh is yeah. That, is that changing though? Like I mean, Kanye was broke out of that mold. He was nerdy as fuck when he came out. Like is it different now or is it still pretty I would say like that. So here's the thing. Nerdcore is everywhere now, but yet it's only allowed in a certain packaging of it. Mm. It's it's the same way how hip hop got rebranded and reshaped and remodeled yeah, for a certain yeah, yeah. image. Mm -hmm. So I would say that now, you know, you know, AC after COVID, <laughs> um, there's now a lot more nerdcore artists who are not white who are really pushing the boundaries of nerdcore. And I love it, um, and it's really making a lot of folks have to reposition. Well, how was I even? approaching nerdcore as a fan was i looking at this as a way creatively that someone could talk about their love of conflicts that's inclusive to everybody or was, or it, was that, it a way uh, for you to listen to rap without black people oh yeah, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. that's what i'm thinking about like oh, some yeah. 
nerdcore rappers are just white and not really talking about nerdy shit. They're just talking about white people shit. They're not talking about comic books or like, you know, it's a whatever. Way to, it's a dog whistle segregation. <laughs> Damn, that's <fucking> crazy. <laughs> it becomes a dog. And, you know, and, and, you know, and this is not to throw uh, fellow creatives under the bus. Oh, no, 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 no. This it's is just... a problem that I've had in certain circles that celebrate certain kinds of rap where there are no black people there. They'll call yeah. it like a, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, and I'll even say it. Like, they'll call it Conscious Hip Hop Night and there's no black people performing. Yeah. You yeah. Come on, conscious, thank you. Thank can't have, you. First of all, don't have hip hop and not have any black people. That's yeah. number one. No, no, number one. But you really not going to go ahead and take it a step further and say Conscious Hip Hop <laughs> yeah, Night no, and that. not have any black people there. You got Ooh, me fucked up if you think I'm going to just sit there and accept that. Like, it just... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, so it's always been a problem, and I I, I see how it becomes a it, it can increasingly become a problem because you're using a black art to exclude black people and not amplify their voices in that milieu. It's really it's really fucked up. It's fucking infuriating, man. And that's I'm like, sorry. and that's like you know, and, and that's always like where I I sit back and I and I've learned to just laugh at a lot of things because before I used to be very angry about it, you know, because I was too yeah. attached. But after like you know those two years, I, I took to just learn to deal with myself and meditate and really reflect inwards. I was like, wait a minute, I'm caught up off of nothing. I'm trying to chase something that's not even real. So why do I care what they say when actuality? Where what I've been able to travel. I've mm -hmm. been doing features with folks. I've been able to do shows with folks. People when folks have told me you can't do it, I've done it. So why am I really mad? Yeah. So I'm really mad that so and so said so, not because of what I was able to do. Yeah. And once I finally was able to break free from what anyone had to say, you more liberated. doors opened yeah, up. Totally it was liberated. like liberated, and I just had been staying busy, having fun. Now it's like, shoot, I'm just doing me. You know, That's and, and, and you're, 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 you're not only, I mean, you're, you, you started as a musician, right? When you were on tour with Dell, you were playing yeah. bass, you were a bass musician. Um, and then that's kind of your background aside from everything else you're doing. But tell us about what you've been doing now with your, with your music production and the things that you've been doing in that respect, in that space. Oh man, with music production, I would say one of the greatest things, um, I was able to do was finally get pro, uh, pro tool certified. And really mm. like hone in on mixing and mastering and why that is important for producing. Cause now it's it's changed all of my music. Like mm. everything I've been dropping ever since um Gemini One has been just beginning like sonically better, more innovative, more creative, and always put me a little bit like uh, ahead of the curve, create creative wise, and never stuck in any kind of box because mm. I can make and create whatever I want to make, you know, for my sonical world. So yeah. And ever since it's then, world creation, it's not even like trying to capitalize off a specific sound or a yeah. sonic wave. It's like I'm creating a world, and this is the soundtrack to the world that I'm creating. Ooh, you know, yep, you know. that's literally it. And and I, I I've, been, I've been enjoying it ever since. Uh, one of the coolest things I'm working out, I just it just got announced about a couple months ago. Um, currently, it works with an indie game developer for a game called Break. And I'm working with Paul Willis and Avery Wright. Where, you know, My man, um, Paul Willis. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, that's just the homie right there. That's the homie right there. Paul Willis is good peoples, man. Yeah, he's great peoples, man. <laughs> like, ha ha has he been on the show yet? Nah, not yet. We're going to get him. We gonna get I'll get him. you his number, bro. He was on I my radio. You. No, I got his number. I, he was on okay. my radio show, but that's my guy. That's my Yeah, Paul, Paul Willis is the homie. Guy. I love Paul Willis. Yeah. I, I always call him a uh, young black thought. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, for but, sure. Uh, Paulus is a homie. But yeah, we're working together on a game. And then um, on top of that, I've been working with a new um, anime studio doing some background vocals for them. Wow. Um, two series of those. They're shopping them right now. So once the shows get ready to launch, I can tell you what shows they are. Right, but, right. Um, but yeah, I'm doing background That's vocals so for that. Then um, what else? I um, just finished up the mixing and mastering for the Philharmonic's new album coming out in July. So we're working on that with him and behind the scenes. Then uh, working with um, other indie artists, um, doing doing beats for them. Uh, and then, of course, getting ready, to, getting ready to drop my next album coming up this later on the summer. So, yeah. 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 Better, so, have some, better have some outside music on that. You know what I'm saying? Some, oh, oh, definitely. Some sandwich music. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> some of people been cooped up in the house for oh, a year and a no. half. Gotta yeah, hit these they streets. Yeah, I, I already, I already <laughs> know who I already know who I'm hitting up for everything. I'm getting everything right now mm. lined up. So, but uh, yeah, but like, so I've just been really just been like staying busy and working. Plus, working with you, you know, me and you, work, work, you know, I work with the kids inside the hall yeah, now. Yeah, and then juvenile detention. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. So oh. it, it's just been a very, very good, productive. You know, like even though I may have lost a lot of money during the during the pandemic mm. in the beginning. I'm making it all back within the past hey. like two months. I made it all back. I was hey, like, oh. that's what's up. I was like, months? okay. I've been like good recoup time. Okay. That's why. That's why I've been so quiet. Like, wait, what's he been doing? Like, shh. <laughs> get in the bag. I'll be back. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? They know you're doing more when they see you less. Yeah. You feel me? Okay, but I have to ask this question. When you say you're doing vocals for an anime show, because we were talking about this before. Yeah. Like, do you mean that you're doing the soundtrack or you are the voice of a character on an anime? The voice show? of some characters in the background. Yeah. That's the voice crazy. Of some... I've been studying voice acting um, because I have some friends who are professional voice actors and whatnot. And it's funny because I met them through doing conventions. And so, you know, because of the pandemic, they're like, you know, they're like, hey, Rapner, like, we loved you at the shows. We always hang out. They're like, I got some work for you. Would you want to do some voice acting? I was like, I, I remember I told one of my friends, I was like, I'm not, I'm new. I don't know what I'm doing. He's like, here, watch these videos, then just audition. And we'll see how it goes. I was like, all right. So, like, um, was I got master class. I watched all Samuel Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> So he basically has motherfucker at the end of every sentence that he uses. Yo, the Samuel L. Jackson School of Acting. Can I get a bottle of water? No, add motherfucker. Can I get a bottle of water, motherfucker? Motherfucker, where's my water? Damn, like, why is there snakes in my water? But talk about... Yeah, go ahead. The look, the look. But also talk about um, talk about talk about the cons that you do, like the comic book conventions yeah. that you do. Like we, I, most of us are familiar with Comic Con, the term, right? And yeah, that really the big one down in San Diego. The big one in San Diego, yeah. but there are nationwide Comic Cons all over Austin, Texas, Sacramento, Seattle, you tore Reno, those? right? So talk yeah. about I was touring those, I was hitting all comic, those, yeah. that comic circuit, right? Like talk about that, the people you meet, the opportunities you get, like talk um, about that. Man, those were so much fun. Looking back, um, I think the, my most funnest one was when I got to do it with Mega Ran and um, Rikishi up in uh, Portland. Okay. I got paid a, a nice lump sum. Uh, <laughs> Portland does that. 
I was like, okay, I know the state's racist, but y'all cool though. I like that. The big white supremacy sign you see, like, like, okay, I know where I am. I'm going to Portland. Yeah. Going straight. Don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, Port- Portland was fun. Like that show we did, um, we rocked it, killed it both nights. Um, and then uh, what I did is that I also I, I took my old laptop at the time, um, like my big one, whole big screen, and I set up I set everything up to where like I told people at my booth. Let's make a track together. So I told him just like kind of just talking to a microphone, make noises. I'll sample it and make beats. And that's when I made um I, I made I started doing like like convention beat tapes. I was sampling like just other congoers like, hey, and just turn that all to beats. That was just fun. That's like, right. I yeah, love Portland that. was nice. Portland was fun. Cool. Man. So, yes. Do you have plans to do those when 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 as the world is opening back up again? Are you already trying to line up some yeah. some Comic Cons? My goal is to, my, my goal is to start doing uh, doing more cons come next year. This year is just getting all my content and rebranding stuff done. Like for sure. Like I just you know I used all of 2020 and the last few years prior to just get my mind right, get me right. Because now taking off, oh, it's. It's like a slingshot, you know what I'm saying? You got to fall back to shoot forward, for sure. Mm-hmm. We, we got to so. talk Comic-Con then, because I was telling you, too, that I got comic books. Yeah, she talk. has comic books. She has I know, yeah, Punisher, all the Punisher ones. Album, yeah, yeah yep. so we got to talk, but I don't, think, I don't think my raps, are, they're going to scare the Comic-Con goers. I'm ah, talking about, like, you know, nah. death you, you and gotta make the You got to make the comic book a musical. Oh, that's then you can perform it. Oh, See, shit. it's all of it. Baby. It's all of it. I just want to. That's what I'm saying. Like, 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 because like, it's just like hip hop and nerdcore. There really is no difference. It's like, because like, just creative like, energy and it's people exactly. who love creativity. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a market for the people who love all forms of creativity, and then people who do all forms of creativity. Yes, you know what I'm saying, and then I think there's a. You know, we we often too often project our own kind of boxes in the worlds that we live in, as opposed to like seeing it for the waves that it is. Right? It's compartmentalization, but we do that as a as a protection mechanism for ourselves, mm. right? Because yeah. anything that's yeah, uncomfortable or, or we're not familiar with is unsafe. Mm. So it speaks yep. to just like a primal instinct in our brains. But yeah, bro, this has been really really fun, man. Shout out all of your social medias and anything that we should be looking out for in the next few weeks or months and um, all of those things. Yeah, so again, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, iTunes, Amazon, everywhere. The Rap Nerd, D A R A P N E R D. You know who it be? Holla at your man's. <laughs> that, that's from a song, isn't yes. it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, man. Looking forward. Looking forward to all the all the new music that you got coming out. All the other exciting things. And um, yeah, thank you for being on the show, bro. We got we got to do it again soon. Thank you so much for having me, man. Appreciate y'all. Yeah, Ratchet and Woe Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us questions, comments, and topics. Ratchet and Woe Podcast at gmail.com. Unlearn the world. Lil MC, the rap nerd. We out of here. Thank you. See ya.